We don't need a name. We're a team. Your, your name is Team. You're on a tight leash too, bro. Wayne Haskins. Mr. Glass, Carson Wentz, and his offense. Prime time. Damn. Yeah, I love your optimism. I had to get a tall boy for the event. The New York football giants. Deep sleep. Deep, bro. Al Michaels is showing up to work. Nate Solder, get your ass in the building. <laughs> Dude, you should see B. Wills' face right now. He's so giddy. Appreciate being a part of this show, guys. Yes, sir. That was as great as I thought it could be. <laughs> You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone, and welcome back to the East Feast, where we have a plate full of football for everyone. Recording a little bit early this week because we have a big matchup in the NFC East on Thanksgiving Day tomorrow. But I want to start first and recap week 11. And John, George, I want to talk about your Washington Commanders, where after a 1-4 in four start, They've now won back-to-back games to get their record to 6-5. and five. By far the best last-place team in the NFL and still only a half game out of that final wild-card spot. Thanks to what I'm going to say is a Washington football team-type defensive performance. I like the pick six. I like the way the defensive line is playing. And now Chase Young comes back. George, are you as excited about this team as I am? Yeah, man, honestly, I'm looking forward to them playing every week now. And I said that last week, I've never seen a game like that from the Commanders in some time. I would say at least three to four years with, without a shadow of the doubt that they're coming home with the W in that game. Um, you know, they basically commanded that entire game, whether it be time of possession, 35 minutes versus 25 minutes, total yards, 350 yards versus 148. Uh, the defense obviously was the standout here. Uh, they, they were just, they had motors going, man. Everybody was running to the football. Uh, obviously a lot of pressure, saw a lot out of Montez Sweat, finally gobbling up some sacks. Uh, he's been the king of pressures and the king of quarterback hurries, but for finally to get in there and get his sacks and get the mojo going um, at the ends uh, was great to see. But now I can't say as much as about that defense. Can't say enough about the running game with Antonio Gibson um, and Robinson and, and them can staying consistent within the game plan. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it was interesting. I, I, I haven't felt a game where there wasn't a bit of nerves um, for years. Uh, I legitimately did not have nerves going um, probably the second half. And it was, it was, it was fun. It was kind of just, it was an easy Sunday, man. It was an easy <laughs> Sunday. You don't have a lot of those. Sure. John, how yeah, about I you? I absolutely agree. No, exact same thing. When I just said, when we scored that first pick six, it was like, oh, okay, we're going to, we're going to do what we're supposed to do today, which was nice. But uh, you know, it's like, there's always in the back of my mind that uh, Ron Rivera's team's, get better as the season goes but then you just look back at the beginning of the year and it frustrates you kind of because it's like where could we be if we started faster if we beat up on teams like this and and like like george was saying if we had our identity starting the year where we're actually you know keeping time of possession on our side and the defense is playing well like where could we be so i mean it's good don't get me wrong it's it's nice like george said to look forward to a weekend now and not not bury your head like worrying about your opponent. Um, but yeah, man, freaking defense played awesome. Uh, really, really happy with the run game again. Antonio Gibson looks amazing, and Brian Robinson um, will come into his own. Um, he's still he's still young, but that tandem is uh, is something to look forward to every week. So, well, John, I know you have a special guest with you tonight, your brother Max, and we're gonna we're gonna bring him in specifically to talk about the Cheeseheads later. But Max, I know you're not a Commanders fan, but you know, I know you love your family. I mean, are you happy for the success of this Washington franchise for for your brother? Um, you know, yeah, sure, it's good to see that happen. I guess <laughs> I like Heineke. I like Heineke that he wears number four. Reminds Heineke. me of my boy Brett Favre. I like it. Little underdog story. I like Scary Terry. Um, 
Yeah, like Ron Rivera. Sure, I don't hate. I mean, there's nothing to hate about Washington. Hate Dan Snyder, but um, yes, yeah, so we all hate that. That's, that's everyone hates Dan Snyder. So that's maybe yeah. the only bad thing to see you guys winning is I don't know if that's <laughs> more or less likely for Dan Snyder to sell the team. Yeah, but um, yeah, how do you hate the? I mean, without being an NFC East guy, I don't know how you hate Washington. They haven't had a whole lot of success lately. So yeah, I'm with you. It's man. like hating the Lions. I mean. Yes. I mean that division. <laughs> I don't even hate the Lions, right? I mean, we're we're going to talk about them here in just just a minute. Um, I'm with you though, Max. As far as rooting for Heineke, his post game interview where you know, um, you know, they asked him his feelings about being named the starter for the rest of the year. He's not a backup anymore. Carson Wentz yeah. has they they've opened that 21 day practice window for him to return from IR, but but he's going to be the backup when he's healthy, and and I think that. That means good things for Taylor Heineke. That means good things for Terry McLaurin because he's emerged as a number one wideout, and it's just yep. good things for Washington overall. And the the one thing I uh, and we'll leave this game on is uh, I I wanted to talk about how normally when the Commanders are at home, it seems like the opposing team's fans take over the stadium. When Kendall Fuller took that pick six to the house <laughs> and they panned in the crowd, it, it looked like. It, yeah. it was in Washington D.C. Like you guys really came out in Houston. Yeah, and I a lot think, of people I think, talking about that this week. Yeah, Which you don't you uh, don't hear about you don't hear about. I just want to say next week um, I'm taking the money line on <laughs> Heineke to cry post game interview um, because it's almost a guaranteed at this point with him. So, dude, if he's winning games, yeah, man. Him and Derek Carr, tears. man. Him and Derek Carr getting emotional, dude. <laughs> the kid, the kid's got emotion. Well, guys, you know who else? You know who else gets emotional? That's Detroit Lions coach Dan Campbell. And uh, yep. he yep. should have been emotional last week because the Detroit Lions, for the first time, I think, in five years, have a three-game winning streak. Uh, the, Jamal Williams got in the end zone three times. Uh, I, John, you've talked about it before, and I'm sure, Max, you can speak to just how good of a guy Jamal Williams is. He's, he's pure comedy, yeah. and, uh, and he's a tough yeah. runner of the football. Uh, but but this game, uh, Jay Ludd, shout out to him. He'll come on later to, to do his picks. But he called it last week. He was all over Detroit. And Detroit was all over the G-men. They ran the ball down their throats. The rookie out of Michigan, Aiden Hutchinson, continues to emerge. Had a nasty interception. Uh, was all over the field in this game. And he wreaked havoc for Daniel Jones. Uh, Daniel Jones threw the ball over 40 times in this game. And guys, I think we we know it. That's the recipe for disaster for the mm-hmm. Giants. They, they need Danny Daniel Jones to be like 22 for 27. You know, they, they keep it, keep his completion percentage high, but keep the completion numbers low. And uh, the Detroit Lions, they, they didn't let Saquon Barkley beat them. And when you, when you can keep Saquon in check, uh, the Giants offense is pretty anemic. Uh, and unfortunately in this game for my Giants fans out there, the, the rookie out of Kentucky, Wondell Robinson went down mm-hmm. with an ACL injury. He's going to be out for the year. Uh, Darius Slayton, I think, had five catches for 85 yards. I told my fantasy guys out there last week, if you need a plug-and-play on a bye week, Darius Slayton is not the sexiest number one wide receiver, but but the guy gets targets. Uh, but that was about the only thing going well for uh, for the Giants in this game. Uh, probably, I'd say, their, their ugliest loss of the season. Uh, but, but they have a, a chance to bounce back this week against a, a divisional opponent. But to give up 31 points to Detroit and, and only score 16 not so good. So, so John, uh, do, do you think this is more of who the Giants really are, or do you think this is ju- just a bad week? Yeah, this is a head-scratcher. You talked about uh, the Lions keeping Saquon Barkley at bay. I don't know if Brian Dable listens to our <laughs> podcast and heard you talk about giving Saquon the freaking week off. Because, like, 15 carries, like you said, 15 carries for Saquon and 40-plus passing attempts for Daniel Jones is not their recipe to win games. Like, right. this is the most non giants game i think of the season that at least the the way that the statistics look Mm -hmm. um so yeah like saquon is the is the lifeblood of the team so as saquon goes the team will go and 15 carries for 22 yards ain't getting it done it's really you mentioned wandell robinson that was a bummer man because we talked about him and Kadarius tony and some of the guys that we thought might eventually kind of get some rapport with Daniel Jones and help out in the run game. He got a hundred yards, man. He had a decent game before the injury. So that's a bummer. It's like Darius Slayton and then Richie James or whoever else. Yeah. They lost the Sterling Shepherds. They lost him early, right? Gone yeah. a couple weeks ago. Galladay was maybe yeah. one of the worst pickups. I'm sure that's why history. Detroit, Detroit was loving that. Cause it came from there. <laughs> yeah. I think, I I didn't think about lose, that. 
Anytime you lose to Detroit, it's your worst loss of the season. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And then the Aiden Hutchinson interception that you mentioned, man, that was nuts because I, like at a glance, I was like, who the hell was that? It was in the middle of the defense and uh, Aiden Hutchinson just making plays all over the field. Dude, athlete. Flash. Pure Flashing. athlete. Yeah. Okay. You got to pick off Rodgers too. Yep. yep. Little, yep. little tackle throwback that Rodgers just – yeah, wasn't good. Aiden jumped up, snagged that one. Yeah, definitely just a head scratcher of a game, though. I mean, we we all thought it was going to be closer than that, Brian. I know you and oh, I yeah. both thought that it would at least be a close game. So I'm not surprised that Detroit won. I'm just surprised in the fashion that they won. What about you? Jordan? Agreed. Yeah, I'm not surprised that Detroit won at all. Um, you know, Kenny Galladay he takes up a lot of cap space with the Giants. <laughs> mm-hmm. Unfortunately, he doesn't take mm-hmm. up space in that starting lineup, getting like ten <laughs> snaps, I think. Uh, last ten. week yeah 10 snaps i got two receptions um but yeah man detroit looked great jared goff not doing too much i think it was like 17 for 29 uh obviously they ran the ball a lot and their defense dictated them to do so uh as long as jared goff isn't trying to do too much with the football and detroit's running the ball well i think they have a good chance to really beat anybody man uh they they looked really good these last three weeks obviously and um the g-men are starting to kind of Looks like the Giants a little bit, and I'm, I'm curious to see what happens these next few weeks. I think that's going to dictate a lot, not only for the Giants, but also for the for the Eagles. Uh, so this division could shape up a lot differently in, in five or six weeks. Okay, mm-hmm. well, I want to switch it here and ask Max a, uh, Max a question about the NFC North, because I think we're <laughs> we're all jumping on the Giants right now, being like, this is the team that they really are. They're not that good. Well, could it be the opposite, and could this be the team that the Detroit Lions really are? During this three-game winning streak, they beat his Packers, they beat the Giants. Um, all of a sudden, the rookie out of Alabama, Jamison Williams, is going to be um, inserted into the lineup soon. You put him along along with uh, Amon Ross St. Brown. DeAndre Swift continues to get more healthy. Max, do you think the Lions, can they make a late push to, to maybe sneak into that seventh wildcard spot? Yeah, well, I think no one else in the NFC is is particularly any good. It's super wide open. I mean, there's mm-hmm. a wild card or anything. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I think they'll go as far as in the as far as that, as far as Jared Goff is going to take him. I don't know. That's yeah. where you're going to run into it, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Jamal, or, uh, Jamal Williams is great. Everyone loves him. Amon Ross St. Brown is great. These guys like play really hard. They're going to, mm-hmm. you know, they don't quit. No matter how down it seems they are, they're still playing. I think that's part of like a, you know, reflecting their coach a little bit. But I think once you start making that playoff run or push for it, you're going to run in. I don't know what their schedule looks like at the end of the year. I know they got Green Bay at least one more time, probably yep. Minnesota and Chicago each. I doubt they've finished out their side. So none of those are going to be, especially Minnesota, and I'd like to think Green Bay aren't going to be easy games. No. Um, so I, I don't know. It depends on what Jared Goff is going to do. If, if Jared Goff can get you know 60% completions, throw it less than 25 times and throw maybe one touchdown in there, Sure, it's wide open. Uh, somebody needs the playoff spots are going to go to somebody. So right. I think why not Detroit? So and you you don't want to play bad against the Lions because they'll take advantage. Yeah, of I will say yeah. that you just don't want to play bad against them. It seems like what we say about Daniel Jones, we can echo those same sentiments about Jared Goff. If yeah. if you know if if he can if he can be the the good the good side of Jared Goff, where he's completing a high percentage, not having to throw too many times, Detroit will be all right. Um, but I guess all of our questions will be answered. You know, as we're just warming up for Thanksgiving Day, making our first plate because at twelve thirty uh, on Thanksgiving, the Buffalo Bills come to town. So if Detroit, mm-hmm. I say if if they can even just keep it competitive with Buffalo, keep it. I, I mean, Buffalo's uh, um, like a nine and a half point favorite. If if they can just keep it, uh, maybe a, a respectable less than a touchdown loss. I think that that'll show strides. So yeah. and Derek Goff played in big games. He went to the Super Bowl. He's played in playoff games before. Yes. I mean. He's not new to it, and a team on a team that usually can run the ball really well, and he's only got to throw it a little bit. I mean, that is the Jared Goff recipe if you're going to win games. Yep. Oh yeah. No. When, yeah. When, when Todd Gurley was was setting the world yeah. on fire, Jared Jared yeah. Goff is a great quarterback. But you know they, they've got a stable of backs there, and uh, they've got a head coach who likes to fire up the troops. So so I, I think yeah. you know we all uh, you know can't root against Detroit, and we'll we'll have fun watching them on on Thanksgiving. Uh, but to continue here on our Week Eleven recap. I want to talk about the Philadelphia Eagles skating by the Indianapolis Colts by the hairs on their chinny chin chin. Uh, Jalen Hurts had a rushing touchdown with only a minute 20 left in the game to give uh, the Eagles a 17 to 16 win. So, so they were down by six points at the two minute warning against 
Jeff Saturday or I I, I might Jeff Saturday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to change his name to Jeff Sunday because that guy shows up on Sundays and he's he he's a better coach than we we all thought. I mean, I know all the the pundits out there were talking about how ridiculous it was, but I I think like he said he's a football guy. And what does a football guy do? He goes Sam Ellinger. No, I'm going to put in Matt Ryan. <laughs> he's not the Matt Ryan we 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 know we all knew he once was. But he's a veteran quarterback. And wow. I'm going to feed the ball to Jonathan Taylor, the best running back in football. And yeah. and it worked. And they're, they're playing pretty good defense over there in Indianapolis as well. Uh, but for me, and, and every week, guys, I come on the podcast and, and I feel like I'm just turning into an Eagles fan because I defend them and I talk about how much I love Jalen Hurts. But this game did that for me again. Uh, I saw this was the first time that the Eagles came from. George is already shaking his head. George didn't come out of here and just shit on Philadelphia. <laughs> and I love it. No, I love it. This is the first time that the Eagles have come from a 10-point deficit in the fourth quarter since 2012, I believe. Uh, and it's it's not like that impressive. I get it. It's the Indianapolis Colts. But I, this game was not the Eagles game. This was their game to lose. This was their time to go into a funk. You lose to Washington on Monday night. You have a short week. You traveled to Indianapolis facing a team that has nothing to play for but pride. They're playing for Jeff Saturday. They beat the Raiders. Nobody thought they could. And I just think the fact that Jalen Hurts didn't turn the ball over. He was 18 for 25, had 86 yards rushing when nobody else on the team could run the football. Miles Sanders was bottled up. Uh, you know, Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown made a few plays here and there. Uh, the defense played pretty good as a whole. Um, John, you talked about it pre-pod, how, how well Linval Joseph came in off the streets, had an 85 pro football focus grade. And Dominican Sue immediately off the streets looks good. I know I know, as Cowboys and Commanders fans, and I'm sure the Giants fans and everyone else out there is like, where the hell were these guys last week? Why didn't we sign them? But uh-huh. Howie Roseman's a crafty GM, and he put the pieces together, and Jalen Hurts led this team to victory. Um, John, before you go, George, Throw some some water on my Philadelphia Eagles fire because I, I I think it's a good win despite only a one point over the Colts. I mean I don't know how you can feel confident going into next week with with the Eagles playing how they are. I think for six quarters of the last two games they were completely dominated uh, yeah. by two average teams. Um, so I I don't know why you'd be more confident the, the their Super Bowl odds I think went from like five to one to like 11 and one overnight um wow. Vegas doesn't think they're there anymore uh so so the tide is definitely changing and um I, I I'm looking for like I said dude I still think the east is wide open after watching them yeah. play against the commanders and, and, and play against the Colts I mean I think the Colts the Colts were up 13 to three halfway through the third quarter into the yeah. fourth quarter like I, I don't think the the Colts are a great team. The Commanders beat the Colts. They haven't played anybody, man. I, I think they're starting to get figured out a little bit. I I definitely think they improved their defensive line. I will say that with those two big pickups. So that that's something to to watch probably going into the playoffs as well. That that's huge to get those kind of guys. But no, I'm 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 not been fond of the Eagles. They. Most impressive win record-wise was in, in a primetime game against Kirk Cousins, and we just saw what Kirk Cousins did against the Cowboys. So, Yeah, I, I'm going to throw a little bit of water on your fire there too, Brian, because this was – I agree with George. This was the first game. Obviously, it was nice when, when Washington won, um, and my our, our other brother kind of uh, poo-pooed my take a little bit. He listened to the pod last week and said, uh, why weren't you a little more hype about your boys taking out the Eagles? And I wasn't because I thought that the Eagles were still a really good team. And I thought that they had it all figured out and that we just kind of got some lucky breaks. But when you look at the Colts game, it looks like they followed the same roadmap, right? The Colts ran the ball no matter what happened with Jonathan Taylor. And you mentioned Jonathan Taylor and his yardage. He got the ball 22 times, but he only got 84 yard, uh, 84 yards, 3.8. Uh, that was, was that first the same thing that I think we did. Yeah, yeah for so they stuck, to, they stuck to the run. They did what they had to do offensively. And then defensively, they got some pressure on Jalen. Um, Max noted on the stats when we were just sitting here that, like, when Jalen when Jalen's running and adding to the run game, it's a positive. But when he's yeah. dominating your run game, that's not the Eagles' recipe for success. Very true. They like to get those other guys involved, and then that's what opens up the plays downfield for them. So, yeah, it's a little nerve-wracking for them because I feel like in the NFL, it a lot of times can be about, the the uh the series is right like who's who's hot 
at certain times. And the Eagles might have been super hot at the beginning of the year, and now people are kind of figuring out what they're doing, and maybe they're cooling off a little bit. So, okay, Max, so, let me let me ask you as 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 someone a non biased non NFC yep. East fan. If you had to rank like the hierarchy right now of the NFC, because we're all we're all um, suspects of of recency bias. So I know after Monday Night Football, all of a sudden the 49ers are you know the team to beat because mm-hmm. they just waxed the Cardinals. But would you put a team like San Francisco, maybe my Dallas Cowboys, who just dominated um, a, a quality opponent, or to you are the Eagles still the cream of the crop and the team to beat? No, I, I don't think I would have ever had the Eagles as the cream of the crop in the NFC. Okay. I still would have put the 49ers there even before. The Christian McCaffrey trade, um, I I think they're just a better built team. They have a, a better defense. I think a better coach. I mm-hmm. think they have a more experienced quarterback who I'd probably prefer in a playoff game to just sit in the pocket and throw the football. And I don't have to rely on my quarterback to be the my best running back and my best receiver and my biggest oh. playmaker. <laughs> um, so I would definitely put the 49ers ahead of them. Um, maybe the Giants or maybe the Cowboys. I don't know. I mean, it's tough after – you know, as a Packers fan, really not thinking the Packers are very good and watching us beat the Cowboys, fourteen point mm-hmm. deficit, I think, in the fourth quarter. Yes, um, that I, I don't know what to think of them. I think if you look at them, if you just look at the rosters, you probably go, "Oh yeah, the Cowboys are better than the Eagles." But I just don't know that it's looked like that watching them play. So maybe the Eagles are two, maybe they're three. Definitely not one. Um, I don't think I, I would have ever had them at one. I stand alone. For some reason, I continue to to ride the, this this Philly bandwagon and I don't know, maybe it's because it's just such thing for Jalen hurts, bro. It's really, I love Jalen hurts. Yeah. yeah. It's an easy guy to like, right? I mean, he's an easy guy. What do you think about Nick Sirianni? Talk about easy guy to like Jalen hurts. Not a very easy guy to like Nick Sirianni. Nick Sirianni's a, he's a jerk. (laughs) Yeah. He's total jerk. We love to laugh at Nick Sirianni at kind of at his expense, but then we've also celebrated him a little bit because he's pulled some stuff out of his ass. It feels like, yeah. He's playing yeah, rock, paper, scissors with all kinds of people, bro. Yeah, he, he's one of those rock, guys. Paper, and... That's probably how he got sued, to be honest with you. Sue recognized the Sue dick. Lost, like, rock, Sue paper, recognized, scissors. like, this guy's an asshole. This guy's a total total piece of shit. Or like, so, or like Sue went guy. for shoot, and he went early, and he's like, dude, we didn't agree on that. And yeah. <laughs> well... Uh, as they say, uh, birds of a feather flock together. So, I mean, yeah. Adam and Sue, Nick Sirianni, not the most likable guys. But, uh, George, to answer your question, I really do love Jalen Hurts. I loved him at Alabama. I loved how when he was benched in the national championship for two, he took it in stride and was a good teammate. He then went to Oklahoma and was a Heisman Trophy finalist. He then was drafted to be Carson Wentz's backup and didn't make a you know didn't cause a stir about. It. I, I just think the kid has has done this whole football thing the right way. Yeah, and yeah. I I just love him, man. I, I I love him in press conferences. He 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 has that Dak Prescott type quality where he he's very good with the media and uh, and I don't know. I, I could be proven wrong. Don't get me if if the Eagles get matched up in the in the if they don't get the first round by, and all of a sudden they're playing the Niners or maybe Tom Brady. Yeah, um, in yeah. the first start of the playoff, they can yeah. easily yeah. be a one and done. But right now, I still believe that this is the team to beat. I, and now, gun to my head, I don't think they win the Super Bowl, but I still think that they're the best team in the NFC. But but time will tell. It's not even December yet. The weather's only going to get colder, and um, I got a theory that might favor a team like Philadelphia. But but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, let's end week eleven. That's my favorite part of the show. As I my my girlfriend has a has a glass table, I can't bang on it. But how about them Cowboys? To me, fellas, this was the most complete team win of the year. Not just for the Dallas Cowboys, for any team in the NFL. All three phases: offense, defense, special teams. I mean, God, the game starts with Micah Parsons getting a strip sack. I love seeing that. Micah had two sacks in this game. We had eight sacks. We sacked Kirk Cousins eight times. We now have an NFL leading 42 sacks on the year. We we also lead the NFL in only giving up 16.9 points per game. This is what they call a championship defense. Although, as I love to boast about my championship defense, they still got ran on. If, If this was a close game... To look at the stats, Dalvin Cook had 11 carries for 72 yards. Six and a half a pop. So if, if if Minnesota could stay in this game, I think our Achilles heel of being a, a porous run defense still comes back to bite us. But that wasn't the case. When we can pin our ears back and the defensive backs don't got to worry about 
um, any, any kind of run game and stepping up supporting it. And, and, uh, and my pass rushers can get upfield and not worry about the run game. This is an elite defense. And I all of a sudden have an elite running back. Like I, you guys know, I love Tony Pollard. I've been calling him to be the starter for years, but to see this guy get the NFC offensive player of the week had 180 total yards, two touchdowns, two receiving touchdowns. The one where um, he burnt the poor linebacker, Minnesota Hicks, like Dak was licking his chops. He's when, when you get Tony Pollard in the linebacker, it's just unfair. I've got Brett money Maher kicking a 60 yard field goal. <laughs> yeah. And then I've never seen it before guys. When, when CD lamb caught that pass, they, they call it a catch. They let Maher come on the field, kick a 60 yarder and then challenge it. They challenged yeah. or like two plays. I've never yeah, seen it strange. in the history of watching the foot national football league, but they do it anyways. Maher comes back, kicks another 60 yarder and then ends the game with a 50 yarder. I'm gonna stop talking because I'm I'm just gonna just gonna fill the podcast with hot air about my Cowboys and this is what we do we fill airtime with nothing but straight heat in November <laughs> and come January Mister Freeze is gonna come and then I'm not gonna want to talk about the Dallas Cowboys so, so John are the Cowboys as good as I think they are or was this just one of those weeks where where Minnesota didn't show up I don't know man I I would like to provide some insightful commentary here but the dallas cowboys played like you said uh three phases of super quality football so much so that the broadcast as i texted you guys while i was trying to watch it <laughs> literally just cut the game off the and, and switched it to the Bengals steelers so yes i didn't get to watch all of the game um but one stat that i just looked at that i thought was pretty interesting um the vikings uh, did not sack dak once no, played a clean game. So, I mean, that says a, that says a lot um, when it comes to the way that Dak plays the game. Right. Uh, right. We've always talked about when Dak can be um, kind of a game manager version of himself. And when you got your when you're cleaning the pocket and you've got Tony Pollard and Zeke to your point last week, you know, Zeke didn't add a ton, but he added, you know, at least plays uh, here and there. Yeah, yeah. Tony Pollard separated though. And uh, yeah, I mean, from the box score, like you said, it's just proof that Dallas dominated. And it might be, like I said, uh, you know, with the Eagles, this might be Dallas's turn to go on a run, to get hot and, and challenge the Eagles for the, for the top of the division. Agreed. George. Yeah. I mean, I, I truly think that the Cowboys are a, a real Super Bowl contender after watching that specific game. Um, I could see them being in a championship style game. I don't want to. I don't know. They played. They played well, dude. I don't. I don't want to like keep boasting the boys. I, I. I will say, you play Kirk at one o'clock. I think maybe it's a little bit different. You just get closer to that night game. Things end pretty <laughs> well. So yeah, it just gets worse. But yeah, I mean, they played well. They played lights out all phases of the game. John said it. You know, you're talking about offense, defense, special teams, time of possession. I think they put up 500 yards versus like 160 yards from the yeah, Vikings. Like the Vikings played. Let's be real. The Vikings played probably the worst game of the year, and yeah. um, it was it was blatant. And the Dallas Cowboys had a lot to do with that. I'm not saying that. It's just you're talking about just the line of scrimmage play. It was unreal the amount of pressure they were getting versus the Vikings, and then on the other side of the ball, uh, the amount of penetration they were getting, or the amount of you know, uh, defensive line for the Vikings are just. I don't know who they are. Yeah. Do we know anybody um, from the defensive line of the Vikings? Anyone? Daniel Hunter. Daniel Hunter. Hunter. They're they're not terrible. The Darius Smith probably plays eleven snaps a game. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> he's in there on third downs, rushing the passer. It's all he's doing. But dude, let's be real. The Vikings just beat the Bills. You know, yeah, so I'm not the... trying to shit on that. I just they just played horribly. Well, how much of that is a overtime win against the Bills on the road? You're the Vikings. Yeah. You're coming back. You think, oh, Cowboys don't look that great. The Packers just beat them, and. You maybe overlooked them a bit. That's two Packers beat the Cowboys if you're counting, Brian. Yes. Um, yes, we No, you know what, though? But so, and, and George, you just mentioned the defensive line for the Vikings disappearing. Somebody else disappeared in this game, which is a head scratcher Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson, mm. yeah. Yeah. Like Justin Jefferson has had games this year where he's running wide open routes across the field. And then he's had one or two of these games where he's just completely disappeared. And it's like, what are these other teams seeing? You know, what did the Cowboys see to lock him down? 
what adjustments are they making or what adjustments are Ke- is Kevin O'Connell not making? Yeah. I, um, I, I think yeah. that has a lot to do with the pace of play though. Like when they were down by 17 to yeah. 20 points and everybody knows they're trying to go to mm-hmm. Justin, yeah. they're going to lock that down. It, it's you become a predictable offense at that point because everyone knows that you need to start scoring points. And yeah. um, TJ Hawkinson dropped mm-hmm. a beautiful touchdown pass thrown from Kirk Cousins. Not, now, I'm not going to like all of a sudden be like, this is why Detroit traded him because two years ago the guy made a <laughs> Pro Bowl. But maybe TJ Hawkinson isn't as great as it. I know, I know the first week in Minnesota, I think he had like nine catches off say, the bat. He's, he's looked pretty good. He's um, looked pretty good. But, but when yeah. you're dropping touchdowns like that, which, which yeah. really set the tone because all of a sudden they just come away with a field goal on that drive. They're only three points of the game. It, it could have been a big play for them. Um, and to speak to both your guys' points, first of all, George, good call on the Kirk Cousins because this is daylight savings time. So at a 425 <laughs> kickoff, you know, by the middle of the second quarter, it the sun's down. So this is a little bit of primetime Kirk Cousins. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah. And, John, the uh, I love how you commended the Cowboys' offensive line because what I think is the best compliment we can give the Cowboys' offensive line is not a lot of people are talking about them. And that's good. We don't want anyone to talk about them. We have a rookie left tackle, for God's sake. Our right tackle, Terrence Steele, I, I believe should make the Pro Bowl. And um, Tyron Smith is about to come off of IR. So like, we might kick uh, Tyler Smith into the guard spot. We, now we've got a swing tackle. The O-line of the Cowboys, not nearly as dominant as back in the day when they had you know, Travis Frederick and DeMarco Murray was leading the NFL in rushing. But but they're holding their own, and they're giving Dak Prescott a chance. I mean, Dak was 22 for 25 after mm-hmm. coming off of a careless week with a football where yeah. Rudy Ford, uh, all, all respect oh, to, Rudy. to Rudy Ford, uh, had two <laughs> interceptions. Uh, it's uh, it's very impressive, and, and I'm very happy with that. Max, congratulations to your Packers for beating the Cowboys. But it's I think all Mike I, McCarthy's fault, man. Yes. Mike, Mike he, came back and he choked, just like he always does. Everyone knew he was going to do it. Preach. That was just Mike McCarthy. I don't think that had anything to do. Mike McCarthy and a little bit of Christian Watson finally catching the ball. Man, and Christian that was the Watson. Five clearly, touchdowns? The there's past clearly two weeks? a reason that we wow. didn't have Max on to talk during the Commanders Packers week or the Cowboys Packers week. Yes. Have the Packers We're now on played losing streaks? Green Bay. So no Green Bay's now played the entire division, right? They beat the Cowboys. They lost to the Giants. Yep. They lost, lost to the to Commanders. Yep. See, and this and now we'll play the and now they'll play Philly. Well, we'll see, Max. We're going to finish up the show talking about Philly and Green, but that should be a good one. Um, now I want to go to my NFC East feast power rankings here. Going in to Week Twelve, I still got the Eagles number one. Nine and one Philadelphia Eagles. Cowboys and Giants have the same record at seven and three, but I think we sweep the Giants on Thanksgiving. Um, Cowboys are clearly the second best team in the NFC East. And uh, George, I want to ask your opinion on this. I think I already know your answer. I've got the Giants third, and I've still got Washington fourth. I think you're going to disagree with me, though. Yeah, I'm going to actually shake it up even more. Um, I'm going to put Dallas at one. Uh, I'm going to put Eagles at two, Commanders at three, Giants at four. I love it. I love it, John. How about you? Yeah, I think I'm going to stick to where we've been. I feel like I need to see more from every team, which sounds weird. But um, I do think that the gap between Philly and and Dallas has significantly closed um, at this point. And I think that the gap between Dallas and the Giants and the Commanders has has opened more. Um, I think the Giants are showing that they're a little bit fugues. And I think that, uh, I don't know, I think the Commanders have a pretty good shot at ending up somewhere in the middle. Um, I don't think we're going to stay in the bottom the rest of the year, especially not with Heineke in the mix. Um, But he's such a wild card. Who the hell knows? All right, Max, where would you put these NFC East teams? You know, I would have said Philly at one, but uh, and George talking, George putting the Cowboys at one. Ooh, I kind of like that, especially if you're just going to look at the rosters. Yeah, and who the playmakers are. Micah Parsons is better than anyone that's on the Philadelphia Eagles. Stuff. Yeah, um, totally. So I don't know. Maybe I would. I I one a one b there. I don't know. I, I like think it. that. I think that they're really close. I can't believe here the Giants are seven and three. It's insane. <laughs> I would have yeah. easily believed three and seven instead. Yeah. Um, but now I'll put. I think uh, Heineke's playing well. Washington's rolling. Give me Washington, and then round it out with the Giants. 
Damn. Okay. So so me and John are on the on, on the same train, but 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 Max is riding with George. I like it, guys, and what's so fun. I bet when we do the podcast, um, I think there. I think this year Christmas Eve is a Sunday, so when we do our Christmas episode about a, a month from now, I bet it's we all got four different answers. So <laughs> yeah, and that, that's why we love the division so much, and it's kind of crazy, guys. I saw a stat: there's never been a division with this high of a winning percentage this late in the season. Like, like I don't want to be hyperbolic, but like it could this be the best division of all time? I want so bad Santa, my Christmas wish list. I know it's not even Turkey day yet, but I want all four NFC East teams in the playoffs. Cause I mean, only seven teams make it in the NFC. If you gave us all four teams in our division, San Francisco, Minnesota, and throw in whoever, maybe Seattle as the seventh. Like I think it, it would just be such a fun, uh, fun way to start 2023. Yeah, Brian, you mentioned that last week about had it happened before. It ha- there's no way Never. it could have happened before because this is the first year that the or sorry, second year that they've added the extra wild card team. Okay. So that you're makes right. room mm-hmm. for an entire division can... to actually make it. So, yeah. So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> All right, guys, let's start off the week 12 preview with Thanksgiving Day as you are all sitting down tomorrow to get that first, maybe second plate of food, depending on how early you start. The New York football giants are traveling to Jerry's world to face my Dallas Cowboys. Both teams are seven and three. The Cowboys are a 10 point favorite in this game. Interested to see what Luds has to say. Clearly I'm going to pick the Cowboys to win. I like the giants plus 10 and something we uh, spoke about earlier. um, And Max talked about the Cowboys and Vikings previous games last week because the Cowboys were coming off of a gut-wrenching overtime loss to Green Bay. So they're going to want to play well, as they did. The Minnesota Vikings are coming off of what many people are calling the game of the year. So that's a high team that's going low. That terrifies me about the game tomorrow because I'm looking at the New York Giants coming off of being dominated by the Detroit Lions. That's an all-time low. I'm looking at my Dallas Cowboys coming off the best game of the year. That's an all-time high. So I think this is a little sketchy. And if and and, and now to go super, I'm going to put on my tinfoil hat and go conspiracy theorist right here. When the Cowboys lost to the Packers, the Packers had just lost to who? The Detroit Lions. Mm-hmm. Now the Giants just lost to who? The Detroit Lions, <laughs> and they're playing the Cowboys. E equals MC squared. I'm shook, boys. I don't like this game at all. I think the Cowboys are going to pull it out barely. Um, I think this is an ugly game. Um, as we saw in the first time these two teams matched up on Monday Night Football back in September, Saquon Barkley ripped off like a 45-yard touchdown run. What do the Giants do well? They run the football. What do the Cowboys not do well? They cannot defend the run. I think Saquon has a good day. I think they limit Daniel Jones' mistakes. I'm hoping he gives us one, whether it's a sack fumble by Mark, Micah, whether it's a pick by Trayvon Diggs. I'm hoping we can get a turnover off of Daniel Jones, and I think that's our key to victory. But I think uh, Money Maher, as he's shown, he's good from 50, he's good from 60. I think he gets us a late field goal to give us a, a four-point win. I'm going to say it's 21-20, to 20, it's real tight, and then we kick the late field goal. I got the Cowboys 24-20 to 20 in a very entertaining game. You're welcome, America, from the NFC East. George, how you feeling on this one? You know, I, I wanted this to be a good game. Even we were talking about prior to the pod, I was excited about this game. But the more I did my research going into this, you know, I thought the game plan would be a lot of Saquon, right? You think Cowboys rushing defense, yeah. uh, definitely their their weakest you know point of attack. And uh, that's just simply not going to work when you have four offensive linemen out and three of those Ooh. are starters. Uh, they're really beat up. Um, on the offensive side of the ball. So I, I honestly, I'm ready to swallow the 10 points. I mean, <gasps> Danielle Billinger no. out as well. Adoree Jackson, Fabian Monroe. Shout out to Fabian. Um, and it's, uh, I could see Giants losing this 30 to 10. Wow. I kind of agree with George. And I'm George, I'm happy you brought that up because I I heard the exact same kind of talking points today on skip and shannon i just so happened to like pop it on for a minute while i was working and yeah like six offensive starters to george's point four of them offensive linemen that didn't play in the there i'm sorry that did start for the giants in the last matchup wow. and i feel like 
just my gut feeling on this is that the tides are turning for both of these teams right now. I think the Cowboys smell blood in the water. Um, it's a Thursday night game coming off a short week. I think that helps the more talented team in most cases, mm-hmm. not necessarily the better coach team, which I think you could argue for either one of those. Um, I think Saquon, you know, you hope that he he can still put up yards and make this a game. But if this gets out of hand quick, it's going to look a lot like the freaking Lions game to George's point. So I don't know if I can swallow 10 points. I feel like that's a lot in a division game. So I'm going to go 24-17. Okay. So you got competitive. All right, Max, how you see in this one? Yeah, all those guys out. No Wandale. Was it Wandale Robinson? Wandale Moore? Yep. No Wandale. Darius Tony's out of town. Last time they played, they had Sterling Shepard. No Sterling Shepard. Yep. Who is Daniel Jones going to throw the football to? I don't know. I don't know. It's going to have to be Saquon Barkley. And if if they couldn't get it done against the Detroit Lions. Now, a divisional game, right? I think everything's different. Divisional game. Sure. It's on TV. It's Thanksgiving. I think Brian Dable's a good coach. Uh, but I will go more than 10 to. I can see it being 13, 14, you know, 23, 10, 24, 10. I think it could be that easy. I just don't know how the Giants score points. Yeah. yeah it's, and it's I, gonna Dallas' be defense is going to feast. They should. For sure. Uh, George, good call, too. I forgot to mention earlier, I did see that um, Adoree Jackson sprained his MCL. He's going to miss um, probably a month. That's a that's a big loss for them as a number one corner. Um, so maybe C.D. C. Lamb um, can, can feast and... Uh, speaking of wide receivers in the NFC East, I, I could this be the Odell Beckham Bowl? It's it's said that he's going to visit oh, both boy. the Giants and the Cowboys after this mm. game. I would imagine Odell. I mean, I don't know if you listen to the East Feast, but <laughs> I would rather go to the team with the better defense, the better quarterback, the richer owner. You already did the Giants thing and didn't really work out. We'll see. If guys, this could be the best week of all time. If I can just have a, a lovely Thanksgiving with my friends and family and <laughs> girlfriend and beat the Giants, Odell signs on Monday morning, and I just go into Christmas time just you know I don't feeling know like Jolly Saint. I don't know. If yeah, I don't know about Odell. I want to. I want him. I uh, want him, man. Second, I, I know a typical Cowboys fan would definitely want him. Oh, I take offense to that. We need some juice in the wide receiver position. Michael Gallup is not the same receiver coming off that ACL. Um, Noah Brown is an afterthought now that Cooper Rush is out of the mm-hmm. lineup. And, and speaking of that, I want to um, end this game talking about this point. Uh, Cooper Rush beat the Giants. The Giants were beating us in the third quarter by a touchdown. Cooper Rush came back on the road to beat the Giants. Dak Prescott. Much like I talked about last week, that Cooper Rush and Andy Dalton beat the Vikings. You need to step up and do that, and he did. You need to step up again, earn that $40 million you're making this year, and do exactly what your backup quarterback did, and that's beat your division rival. So pressure's on you again, number four. And uh, and I believe in my guy, and I will be starting him this week in fantasy football. I suggest you all do the same. All right, let's go to the Sunday games, and I want to talk about the Washington Commanders. Gonna be looking for their third straight win. They're favored four and a half, and they have a, an opponent that is certainly beatable in the Atlanta Falcons. People are starting to um, want uh, Desmond Ritter, the rookie they drafted out of Cincinnati, to be under center. But Marcus Mariota is holding it down. He's doing okay. Uh, but I just think the way this Commanders defense is playing, I want to say over the past six games, you guys have like twelve takeaways. You're averaging two a game. Like that's fantastic. Uh, Two of the the highest graded safeties in football. One of them is Cameron Curl. The other is Derek Forrest. Derek Forrest has two straight games with an interception. Last week's interception was something out of out of the circus. Um, the defensive backs are playing great. We talked about Kendall Fuller in the pick six earlier. And uh, John, we thought that uh, Chase Young would be back for your game last week. It sounds like he is going to be suiting up this week. So the way that um, Deron Payne, um, Sweat, and Allen are playing to add the leadership of Chase Young, I think you guys are going to be all over them. I think the Washington crowd, for the first time in a long time, is going to they're going to come out in drones. They're really going to be excited about a team that could possibly go seven and five. Continue to run the ball forty times a game. I don't care if he averages three yards carry. Feed Antonio Gibson. Feed Brian Robinson. Let Taylor Heineke make his play or two. You know, let him close his eyes and say, "Hey, hell, 
Terry's down there somewhere <laughs> and just throw the ball. I think the commanders get it done here um, for what it's worth. you you finally have a good kicker. Joey Sly seems to be automatic. I got the commanders. I'm going to swallow the four and a half. Actually, I've got Washington to dominate on defense here and win 23 to 16. George, how about you? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm fairly confident in this game. However, as John knows, we're always pretty anxious regardless of who we're playing. <laughs> I was even anxious last week playing against the Texans. Um, so, you know, as long as we continue to play the ball that we've been playing these last few weeks, running the ball, like you said, uh, with Antonio Gibson and Robinson, uh, Heineke not making a ton of mistakes, you know, staying healthy too. You know, we've looked mm. pretty healthy lately. Uh, there's one person that we forgot to mention uh, throughout the entire pod in, pod in regards to the commanders, and that's Logan Thomas. He's mm. really stepped up lately these last couple weeks. He's He's been fairly healthy. Uh, this should be the return of the man, Chase Young. Uh, that's that's going to be exciting to see. He, apparently, he's wearing a very bulky brace. I'm not sure how he's feeling going into this week. I'd just be excited to see him out there and, and to see the burst, if he has one or not. Um, I'm, I'm questioning kind of his return at this point. I'm not hearing a, a great deal of confidence from the press uh, in regards to Chase Young. So I, I just want to see it with my own eyes to see what he looks like. Uh, but yeah, you know, the Falcons have been struggling these last few weeks. Obviously, Kyle Pitts going on the IR, that's big. Uh, they don't have a ton of... Uh, on a talent on that team uh there's not a lot of i mean i think this isn't this is in atlanta no no home no. game for you guys uh, home game gotcha gotcha home game so yeah so let's so, yeah, let's take basically in atlanta yeah yeah exactly <laughs> uh so yeah let's 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 put one up for the commandos uh i'm gonna take the w here and i'm gonna go a little bit of a sloppy game i think i think the defense always steps up but i'm gonna go 13 to 17 uh commanders oh Okay, yeah, I nice. like that score. I like that score yeah. a lot because in the back of my mind, I've been thinking last year, this game, George, you remember this game came down to like fireworks yes. at the end of the game. This from was a nightmare. Heineke and McKissick. Yeah. So it was like, don't we can't sleep on any teams like George said, being fucking commanders. So um, I like that score. I like uh, the conversation about Chase uh, that you started, George, because what I read that I'm uh, in agreement with what you're saying is that Ron said he's going to be on a pitch count to start. So I think it's nice because at least they can hopefully play to his strengths, put him in on third down packages where he can just pin his ears back and not have to worry about anything but rushing the quarterback. Um, the only thing that makes me nervous about that is that he's had some issues in the past getting too far upfield and and hurting the interior defensive line, yeah. creating rushing lanes for a guy like Marcus Mariota who can still kind of move. Right. That's and a really that's good like, point. Him getting too excited and running upfield. Yeah. yeah. I can see that. So, I mean, like, but being on a pitch count, he's, he's not going to be overly involved in the game and he doesn't have to be right. He doesn't have to feel like he's coming in to save the commander's defense because they're playing so well. 12 turnovers sounds like, like six too many turnovers, I think, Brian, but it's definitely been I was a decent go with that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That, that, I don't know. Maybe, but to your <laughs> point, the, the back end of the D is playing really well. And um, and the front is is exactly maybe not exactly what we've always wanted them to be, but they're getting there. So that makes me yeah. happy. Um, I think it'll be a close game, too, because our offense, regardless of what you think of Heineke, it's always kind of you're kind of always sweating it out with the offense. Like he's such a firecracker and sometimes in a good way, sometimes in a bad way. It makes me a little bit sad that like John Dotson has all but disappeared now, even though he's, you know, he's only been back for about a game he's and a half. I think, yeah. But, yeah. Um, Terry is his guy. So that's cool with me too, though, because I love Terry. So as long as the offense puts up a little bit of points, I'm happy. Um, I'm going to go a little bit further uh, in scoring than George did, but I'm going to say 21 um, to 16. Commanders. All right. Max, are you going to make it unanimous? You you got the commandos in this one? I hope, yeah. I hope, gosh, I hope at least Luds picks against us. Somebody picks against us. Otherwise, it's going to make me feel real bad. Yeah, exactly. Make me nervous. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, the Falcons are another team kind of, they're not exactly like Detroit, but Falcons played some close games, five and six. They're not yeah. a, you know, Cordell Patterson's back. He's playing pretty well. Um, that, was it ever that other guy? Algier. Yeah. Tyler run. Algier. They have, like, they have a decent running game. Um, no Kyle Pitts, man, it's gonna be real hard. They weren't using him before. No Kyle Pitts, yeah. still. I think Kyle Pitts, <laughs> even if you're gonna send him out there, people are gonna pay attention to him. Right? Yeah. To, even if he's just a decoy the whole time. Uh, yeah, Marcus Mariota, not that great, but they've played some close games. They've given some teams trouble. I mean, 
I think the Bears aren't particularly very good, but if they should beat the Bears last week, uh, you know, I don't know. What what Washington team, which commander's team is this? Is this run yeah. the ball a lot and Heineke looks good and he's efficient and he's smart? Or does he try to go out there and if they're if it's close, be a, a hero and a little bit of that number four Brett Favre shows up and he starts <laughs> to sling it a little too much. But and I still I mean I think it'll be close. Four and a half is like a that's an enticing spread. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's probably right on there for yeah. one game. Yeah. Thirteen, like you were saying, what thirteen, seventeen, yeah, fourteen to twenty. I like the under around that on this one for sure. Mm. Yeah, what's the what's the total there? Forty-one points. Mm. Yeah, I could take the under on that. But yeah, I still think that Washington would win. All right, hey Max, fantastic call bringing up Cordero Patterson. I want to give him his flowers here for a minute. He uh, set the NFL record last yeah, week. Yeah, that's with his right. Yeah. Ninth career kickoff return for a touchdown. That was pretty awesome. So yeah. I mean, it it landed. They, Ninth they career really touchdown sh- as well, which is crazy. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> He's on my fantasy too. team. He's on my fantasy team, and I watched it happen and was like, "Oh, that's right. I don't get the points for that. <laughs> you don't get the points. Oh. For that. Special teams and defense gets the points for that. So fantastic. <laughs> yet yet another flaw in the fantasy league that yeah. is the Palm Harbor Metro. So um, Jim Jim Warman, please I think please it's take pretty fair to be honest with you. It seems to be pretty. Fair I'm sure you do, Mister Ten and One. But let's get it out of the fantasy football league. But but um, for the Commanders. Uh, Watch out for Cordero because they don't have a lot of weapons in Atlanta, whether yep. it's him as a running back or as a receiver, yep. as a kick returner. Don't let number 84 beat you. And I think that the commanders will find their way to seven and five, which is pretty impressive going into uh, the month of December. Crazy. Now let's finish up the podcast, boys, and talk about Sunday night football. The whole reason we have our special guest in house tonight mm-hmm is Aaron Rodgers takes his 4-7 and seven Green Bay team to Lincoln Financial Field, where the Eagles are a 6.5-point favorite. Uh, now, Green Bay's coming off of a mini-buy. You know, they, they lost on Thursday yeah. night to Tennessee, so they had a little extra rest here. And obviously, I don't think playing in Philadelphia is going to have any effect on, on Aaron uh, and, and the Green Bay Packers. Uh, but, but just the, the way the, the Eagles play football in the first half I think could be a problem because oh, yeah. Green Bay seems to be struggling to find their footing it's it, like Aaron had a good second half um particular fourth quarter uh against the Cowboys a couple weeks ago couldn't really get it going uh, on Monday night against the Titans but we do have to give credit to Christian Watson who scored another couple touchdowns really seems like Aaron found his guy but other than that they're, they're lacking weapons in Green Bay I think Romeo Dobbs is going to miss this game as well mm-hmm and the Eagles' run defense is tough. We talked about the two guys that, that they just added, and along with Fletcher Cox and, and Javon Hargrave. Uh, T.J. Edwards, their linebacker, had, I, I think, 10 tackles, two of them for loss, a forced fumble last week. The Eagles' front seven is really playing well, and their secondary is pretty damn good, too. C.J. Gardner-Johnson continues to lead the league in interceptions, and then you got uh, big play Slay and James Bradbury. I don't think Green Bay is going to get it right this week. Unfortunately, Max, I think the Packers fall to four and eight, but I think it's a valiant effort. I'll, I'll take the Packers plus six and a half. I think Philadelphia wins a tight one, and uh, clearly my favorite player in the NFL, Jalen Hurts, continues his MVP season using his arm and his legs. I got the Eagles taking this one 28 to 23. Max, you want, you want to hop on this? Yeah, um, I, I don't have much confidence either. Um, <laughs> I don't think it matters. Being on the being playing in Philadelphia doesn't matter because I don't think it matters. We play at home either. We lost to the Jets uh, mm. at home, so I don't think it matters really where Green Bay's playing. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think he's as he found Christian Watson as his guy. I think he's trusted him a little bit, but it's still not a ton of targets really. I think he had two catches last week and two touchdowns, mm-hmm. three catches maybe last week. Um, I got no idea what's going on there. Uh, there's a clear recipe for Green Bay to win football games, and that's just turn around and hand the ball to Aaron Jones as many times again. When Aaron Jones touches the ball, carries f- 15 times or more, they're like something crazy, like 28 and 2. And so you look at the losses this year losses to the New York Giants, 13 carries. What is this thing talking to me right now? Yeah, this thing's talking at us. Ah, she's just a fan of the podcast. Oh, we're good. You know? It's just an echo. <laughs> on the back of this. So. 13 carries against the Giants, 9 carries against the Jets, 8 carries against Washington. He had 20 carries against the Bills in a loss, but a game where we looked better. 9 carries against Detroit. We beat the Cowboys, 24 carries. 
right? Mm-hmm. We beat the Pats 16 carries. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't understand how you end up playing the Detroit Lions in a close game and hand the ball to Aaron Jones nine times. I don't understand that. Tennessee, he carried the ball nine times in what was mostly a close game. Um, I don't know if that's Aaron. I don't know if that's the play call. If that's you know the offensive coordinators, I don't know if Aaron's changing at the line of scrimmage. I don't know what's going on. But uh, if we're going to win the game, it's going to be Aaron Jones, not Aaron Rodgers. And I just don't know that with the receivers we have, the defensive backs that Philadelphia has, they could probably just walk out there and play man coverage and stack the box, and then we're done. I don't know that we'll be able to do that against the box. I think Aaron Jones plays better when we can throw the ball. It's a lighter box. He's great. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think even 23 points, you said, that's going to be hard for Green Bay to get 23 points. I'm not sure we scored 23 <laughs> points all year. So I, I would say it's probably more like a 10 or a 13-point game for Green Bay. And, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not super, super impressed with Philadelphia's offense, but the way we just made Ryan Tannehill look so good. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I could see it easily being a, you know, 24, 10, 27, 13 Philadelphia win. I don't think it'll be a particularly Damn, game. Yeah. What happened to y'all's defense? Cause I thought the defense. I don't know. I mean, to... so Rashawn Gary went down, but yeah, that was only a couple loss. games ago. That was a big loss. We were watching last week against Tennessee and there's the end of the first half and they're just throwing these quick, you know, they got Jair Alexander in the corners playing 10, 12 yards off. Yeah. We're past the 50 and they just keep dropping it to Robert Woods on that quick little five yard turnaround. He's got seven yards every time. I have no idea why we're afraid of Robert Woods and Ryan Tannehill. You can't do that against <laughs> When you have Brown. Jair Alexander. Jair, Jair Alexander thinks the highest paid corner in the league. Like if you want to pay a corner to just play 10 yards off, you can find way cheaper guys than that. So I have no idea on both sides of the ball what's going on. I think our coaching <laughs> coaching staff has been buoyed by a incredibly angry and focused Aaron Rodgers over the last few years where maybe also <laughs> a light schedule. We get to play the Detroit Lions twice, the Bears twice. Yeah. I mean – those are four pretty easy wins we've had all year um, that I'm not sure if LaFleur and um, what's his name? Barry. Joe Barry? Joe, Joe Barry. Joe Barry. I'm not sure yeah. if those guys are really the guys or if Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, Rodgers really on a tear and a kind of a soft schedule have made the Green Bay Packers a little bit of fool's gold. Dang, John, John, you have any more confidence in Max in the pack? I mean, I kind of was trying to convince myself while you were talking, B, that this was going to be a good game. But between you and Max's takes on this, um, yeah, I'm I'm losing some confidence. You love to mention, Brian, this is an 820 game. You give those Eagles fans a ton of time in the parking lot. It's going to get pretty nasty. Yeah, I mean, no one deserves a good team less than the Philadelphia Eagles fans. (laughs) Belligerence. I mean, they're I, gonna be very, very smashed. Talk, talk about a team long. that a coach that you know embodies the the fan base, just completely <laughs> unlikable, potentially yes. inebriated asshole. Oh man, <laughs> there was something uh, that we that we skipped over a couple of weeks ago that happened where um, Howie Roseman. Did you see Howie Roseman's sign? Uh, no, a fan trying to get his autograph with a sign up talking about finally something. you're finally something. Howie Roseman, you're forgiven, yeah. and he walks up on camera and gives him the bird and says. F you, I'm forgiven for the Super Bowl I won you. Yeah, you're only Super oh. Bowl. <laughs> I think he dropped only Super Bowl. Oh, no, I think I think uh, the Eagles, we said last week we thought that they were going to come back. I do think that there's a little bit of this Eagles team, as George and I have been saying, that is a little bit on the on the slide or, or is cooling somewhat. So if the Packers run the ball, uh, you know, I've stolen Max's stat a couple of mm-hmm. weeks now in a row. If they run the ball with their tandem – that Philly has proven, even with these two new guys, that you know if you stick to the run, you can play them close. Um, and I think that that's the only recipe where where the Packers have a chance in this one. So yeah, if Aaron Jones carries twenty five times, maybe yeah. I, yeah. he hasn't carried twenty five times in a game, and it seems like especially in the losses, he just completely disappears. Yeah, yeah, I would put this um, man. It's so the the over under is forty six and a half, and we me, me and Max chuckle about that starting the pod. Um, I'm going to put it closer. Yeah. I'm going to put it, uh, maybe 20, 23 Eagles, 17 Packers. Well, well, if anybody is going to pick against the Philadelphia Eagles, I know it's my guy, <laughs> George Van Riper. George, are you, are you going to 
be bold enough to predict a pack upset Sunday. Pack W. I was feeling really good until Max started talking, and he sounded so <laughs> rational as a fan. I, I got to give it to him, though. Like, I was like, man, he's really rational. Like, I, okay, I see you. Like, because we, I think we're all relatively non biased to, to each of our teams, and I appreciate that a lot, Max. Um, but you actually changed my mind in this game, I think. I, I was hoping that Aaron Rodgers could put it all together for four quarters and, and this Green Bay Packers team could do that and get behind him a little bit. Um, but the but the more I think about it, you know, with with Derrick Henry last week, you know, their their whole goal was to kind of stop him and then they and then Tannehill beats him. I mean, you think about how many different ways Philadelphia can beat you. Uh they they could do it in all types of ways, right? Through the air or, or the run game or or who knows Jalen Hurts intangibles. So there's a lot of different ways that the Eagles can, you know, I don't I don't love the Eagles by any means. I'm I, I hope they lose this game. I really do. I'd be jumping up and down <laughs> if that were the case. Uh but but, you know, I think this is their get-right game. I, I think they have struggled uh, almost losing back-to-back games, the Camares and Colts. Uh, it, it, this is a good opportunity for them to kind of, you know, get some more confidence in their fan base because I know they're looking at each other like, are we as good as we think we are? You know, we did you know, play some pretty weak scheduled games and, yeah. and this and that. So, And, and I don't think the Packers uh, are, are just equipped – to deal with the type of firepower that the Eagles have. Um, if the Packers have any chance of winning this game, like Max said, you have to run the ball with Aaron Jones as much as possible. You cannot give up on that. Uh, you cannot, absolutely not turn the ball over. If you turn the ball over this game, you are you don't have much of a chance at all. Uh, I will take the Packers. I'm sorry, I'll take the Eagles in a close game. I'm going to go ahead and say 23-20 to 20 Eagles. 2320. So we're all on Philly. Uh, we'll, we'll see about Sunday night. Uh, let's see if Luds is on Philadelphia, guys. He's coming off of a three in one week last week. He's got his record. I told you he's coming for 500. He's there, ladies and gentlemen. He's having, he's at an Crazy. even 18 and 18. And he had a couple good upset picks last week. He liked um, the Bears to cover against the Falcons. Um, they had a backdoor cover. On that one, so I mean, he's he's still he's still out here shooting, and we'll see what he likes right now. Week twelve of the NFC East feast coming to you again, memo style, but bringing you the hot picks wow. as I always do, fellas, as I always do. Let's get into the docket this week. Uh, let's start off. I'm going to save this Dallas game because I know um, you know that's the big game of the week, Giants and Dallas. I'm going to save that for last. I'm going to start with the Philly at Green Bay game. Or actually, it's Green Bay at Philly. Philly's favorite seven. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say it. I haven't said it all year. I, uh, you know, I've been a doubter of Philly most of the season. But I am going to say I think they're the best team in the NFC right now. And I think they're going to uh, handle the Packers big time at home. Uh, I got this game 27-17. Philly eating the points minus seven. Next game. Atlanta at Washington. The Commandos are rolling hot at home this week at uh, against Atlanta, the Dirty Birds. <laughs> Atlanta's a tough team, man. You know, don't pay attention to the record. They play you hard. And I'm taking Atlanta on the upset this Whoa! week. 21-20 Atlanta plus four and a half on the road against the Washington Commandos. I had a feeling you would. Game of the week. <laughs> the New York Giants <laughs> at your Dallas Cowboys be... Cowboys favored nine and a half. I was a little shocked by that spread. I was thinking it'd be more in the five to seven range to see a big number like that. Nine and a half. That's some confidence in the Cowboys, especially coming off that win, that waxing of the Minnesota Vikings, an embarrassment of Kirk Cousins. But anyway, I'm going to take the Giants plus nine and a half, guys. They've been playing a lot of tough games. They've been keeping the games close. I am taking the boys to win 24 21. But I do have the New York Giants plus nine and a half this game. I just think that number is a little too big um, to be placing my money on the boys. I could be wrong, but we'll see. Upset parlay of the week, boys. Chicago Bears plus four and a half over the Jets. Sam Darnold starting this week, by the way, for the Jets, guys. Chicago Bears have been rolling. I said it last week. They're off. Hold up, Lutz. 
Sam Darnold is, is starting for the Carolina Panthers. <laughs> I was going to say, is <laughs> this enough? Field now? <laughs> yeah, Mike, sure. Mike, for what it's worth, Mike White will be your starting quarterback for the New York <laughs> Jets. Uh, <laughs> but I just wanted to correct that there. But yes, Lutz is correct. There will be a backup quarterback for the Jets. I digress. Offense has been, um, been on fire. I like the Titans in my second pick, guys. Titans plus one and a half at home against Cincy. The Bengals coming in. Road game. Titans I like that one. I think I like they're seven one. and three. Yep. Is their overall record? Um, anyway, uh, I do like the Titans that game. I like that. Uh, anyway, I hope you guys have a good weekend, good holiday weekend. Gobble gobble. Enjoy your turkey. Enjoy your families. I'm thankful for all the listeners. Thankful for all my friends. Thankful for you guys. Happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy your weekend. Well, we are thankful for you, Luz. We appreciate those picks. And I, I like that uh, that Titans pick. The Titans I do like that home, pick. Like they're pick. home underdogs. If you All guys three of remember, us said the same thing. Max said no. Ooh, no. Jay Luz mm-hmm. bet on the Titans last week. That was part of his upset parlay. He had the Titans um, to cover uh, in Green Bay last Thursday night on top of that bear. So he's coming off an, of, of a winning upset parlay pick. He likes the Giants plus nine and a half, which I agree with. He swallowed one with Philly. He's got the Falcons. As an underdog mm. upset, but he had mm. Detroit last week. Maybe he's right. I can't wait to find out, boys. Uh, I can't wait to eat some turkey, spend some time with with loved ones tomorrow. Um, but it was a pleasure spending time with you, George. I love you, buddy. John, you're the best. Max, thanks for giving us your time tonight, man. Appreciate your insights. Yeah, thank you, guys. Appreciate you having me on. Hell yeah! Well, you guys all have a wonderful Thanksgiving, and will you see? We will see you next week on the NFC East. Peace.